And in high school, I joined um, a pro-life club and I went to a bunch of um, conferences, received a lot of training in pro-life apologetics. And that is so, so key because as I learned more about the pro-life argument, I grew in confidence in sharing it with others. And so then I became you know, much more convicted um, that I had to act. Hi, folks, and welcome to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, a segment of the Pro-Life Guys podcast where we highlight the incredible women and men across the country and around the world who are making sacrifices of their time and energy for the help of preborn children, those who are the weakest and most vulnerable among us. And today I'm joined by a very, very cool person, Josie from Campaign Life Coalition. How are you doing, Josie? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Cam? I cannot complain at all. We are in the midst of an internship here in Calgary. Um, we have been getting getting our feet under us with all of these COVID precautions and, and restrictions and whatever, and we are cooking with fire now. So it's good to have you on the show. This is kind of cool because though I've met many of our other guests that we've had on the show, I don't think you and I have ever met. So this is a real cool opportunity for me to get to know a few more people in the pro-life movement as well. And so I was wondering if you could just kick us off by maybe sharing a little bit about yourself. Uh, first of all, Cam, I'd just like to thank you for the invite. Um, it's a, def definitely an honor to be on the podcast. Um, I am from Oakville, Ontario. I'm 25 years old. Um, I've been in the pro-life movement for a while, so um, a lot of my character and my interest and all of that has been formed um, accordingly. But if I had to choose, you know, to specify some other things that are my interest too, I, I'm really into reading. Um, I love swimming, so it's, I'm happy it's summer right now. And uh, I also majored in philosophy at the University of Waterloo. So I actually, I chose that major partially because I was um, very interested in defending the pro-life position, but I I love talking about anything related to ethics, um, moral issues. Um, really like a good debate, um, so I suppose it's fitting that um, I'm now in the pro-life movement because there's lots of good debates in that. <laughs> <laughs> lots of good debates in the pro-life movement. I'm gonna go off script here just for a quick second, and the audience knows I don't do this very often, but. I love meeting other readers. I, I have become a big reader myself. And I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Give me your top two fiction and top two nonfiction books. I, I know I'm putting you on the spot right now, but I'm curious. What, what would you go with for, for fiction, nonfiction? See, when I, when I say my interest is reading, like I'm prepared to be asked what my favorite book is. But now I have to choose two fiction and two nonfiction. Um, Fiction, I, I have to say Harry Potter, the Harry Potter series. I don't know if that counts as seven books or like one series. Um, but a lot of good messages in there, a lot of heroism and um, a lot of like, you know, resisting like um, corrupt authority, um, which is very relevant to what we do. Um, 
if I had to choose a different book of fiction, I also like The Hunger Games. I'm not sure how that ties into the pro-life movement, um, but uh, it's a good series. Um, and nonfiction has to be the Bible, of course. Um, yes. Um, I'm trying to think, like, I, I've, I've, of course, read a lot of nonfiction for school. Um, if any stand out for me... Um, Honestly, like none, none come to mind. I'm much more of a fiction reader than a nonfiction reader. And I'm sure afterwards I'll be like, oh, I should have mentioned this and I'll feel ashamed. But um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to have to go with right now. <laughs> All good. I absolutely put you on the spot for that. I apologize. I am always fascinated. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned both um, Harry Potter and, and Hunger Games. Our, our other editor that I've mentioned on the show a few times, Attila, believe it or not, he actually did his master's thesis on the Hunger Games, um, which is pretty cool. Anyhow, let's get back on script. I apologize for the deviation. Tell me a little bit about, so you, you mentioned that you've been involved in the pro-life movement for quite a while. Tell me a little bit about how that kind of happened. Uh, folks um, involved in the pro-life movement, is this something you got involved with in high school? Tell me a little bit about your journey towards the pro-life movement. Yeah. So I grew up in a family of six uh, Catholic parents. So um, I was always pro-life. Um, and in high school, I joined um, a pro-life club. And I went to a bunch of um, conferences, received a lot of training in pro-life apologetics. And that is so, so key because as I learned more about the pro-life argument, I grew in confidence in sharing it with others. And so then I became you know, much more convicted um, that I had to act. So I got involved first with my local um, pro-life organization, which is now called Halton Alive. And then that um, effort continued when I went to university, joined that pro-life club, um, started entering for Campaign Life Coalition too. And then I volunteered for a bunch of other pro-life organizations um, as well, done the Four Days for Life campaign, done Life Chain. Um, so it was a very natural, organic um, progression, um, simply you know, already having these values and then learning why they're so important. Um, yeah. Very cool. And I think that's so cool how there's more and more people who have a similar story to that, that, that they, this was handed on to them from their parents and that it was just a very natural um, transition into working in the movement. And um, as some people, some of our, our audience might know, you're the youth coordinator for Campaign Life Coalition, arguably the largest and one of the most active pro-life organizations in Canada, um, not only on the pro-life issue, but pro-family and, and a, a gamut of other important issues going on in the contemporary culture war and as you mentioned you've been involved in lots of different campaigns life chains 40 days for life um, not only participating in but now directing the internship the campaign life coalition does and i wonder from all of this experience in the pro-life movement can you share maybe one or two memorable experiences that you've had that really stand out um, during your time in the movement sure so um one has to be the national march for life I first went when I was in grade nine and it was incredible. And I still hear from so many pro-lifers who were similarly impacted by their experience at the March for Life because you're so used to being like the one pro-lifer in your classroom who like dares to speak up on abortion. Um, you feel so alone. <laughs> 
so much of the time. And it's such a different experience to be surrounded by thousands of other people who share your beliefs and share your passion. And I think it's just a really good opportunity to um, just uh, get rejuvenated and um, go so that you can return back to your community um, all the more invigorated. So definitely the March for Life. I mean, every March is special, but you always remember your first, you know. Um, and then I guess a second memorable experience um, would be a, a more recent one. Um, and I've had plenty of experiences like it. But I think what makes it memorable is because it's very exemplary of the type of conversations you have doing choice chain with um, abortion victim photography. Um, and it was this guy who, you know, he actually walked away from the conversation still being pro-choice. But part of the reason why he had such a hard time um, accepting um, our position was because his relationship with his own children was broken. Um, he felt like he had worked so hard for them and they still didn't appreciate him that he'd failed. Like he'd, he'd served as a provider for them, but he did not um, connect with them emotionally still. Um, so this was a very, you know, sad father. Um, and he just opened up about his life, about his struggles. And honestly, like if you do pro-life activism long enough, you have all sorts of conversations. People reveal all sorts of things to you, um, things that they don't talk about with anyone else. And it's really special and it's such a privilege and an honor to be that person for them. Um, but I feel like he at least walked away. Um, he was talking about, you know, volunteering at a youth center and being able to pass on some of his wisdom. And I, you know, I just, you know, encouraged him to keep trying um, to uh, rebond with his children. Um, so just, you know, being able to provide someone hope uh, because that that's, you know, if they don't have hope in their own lives, they're not going to be able to care about the, the preborn. Um, so, yeah, it was just, you know, one conversation of many that I've had. Um, but um, it was just, um, it's just really meaningful um, to be able to connect with someone on such an intimate level. Um, and again, that's, that's part of the beauty of pro-life activism. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that. I'm sure that many of the people in the audience can relate to that, of how you start a conversation about abortion and, and 10 minutes later, you might be talking about their, like you said, their, their family struggles, um, past abortions, other challenges that they've encountered in their life. It's such a beautiful opportunity to meet the broken members of our culture. I mean, we're all broken people, um, but such a beautiful opportunity to speak light, speak life into the lives of the people that we encounter. And and it, it blows my mind. I'm sure that you've experienced it on countless occasions as well. The number of people who finish a conversation and say, you know what, when I first saw your sign, I thought that I would hate your guts. But now that I've talked to you for 5, 10, 15 minutes, um, I actually think that you're a really nice person, that kind of thing. And, and I think it just speaks so much value into the, the absolute gems that we have here in the pro-life movement, people who care so much about people, not just pre-born humans, but all humans in general. And so the last question we like to ask Josie is for somebody who might be watching this video or, or somebody in general who is thinking about getting involved in the pro-life movement, they've never been actively involved before. Maybe they've listened to a talk, maybe they've attended the rally, but never really acted on, on their conviction beyond that. What would you say to them to try to nudge them over the edge to get them actively involved in having conversations and getting involved politically or or volunteering for their local pregnancy care center? What would you say to them to just nudge them into a little bit more activity and taking that first step towards helping us transform our culture? 
So I think one of the reasons why people don't get involved in the pro-life movement is because they think it's such a great responsibility um, that they have to be responsible for changing people's hearts and minds. And if they, they aren't successful, then someone, you know, might go and get an abortion and they just rather like remove themselves from that situation altogether. Um, so I would respond with um, wisdom from Mother Teresa, actually, who says that um, we're not called upon to be successful, but to be faithful. So certainly, you know, we try our best and sometimes we have, you know, great stories of people who do change their minds, who do decide to choose life instead. Um, but that's not entirely in our control. Um, all we have to do um, is put forward the truth um, as best as, as we know it and can convey it. Um, and that's all that God ever asked us to do. And it's not like, you know, there are millions of people rushing to be pro-life activists. Like, that's our goal. But presently, we just need everyone. Um, we, we, we're not in a position where we can be like, ah, we don't need your help right now. Um, we need as many people as possible to reach their own circles. Um, so not to be afraid to just try. Um, and the rest is in God's hands, you know? Exactly. And God is sovereign. God is the one who changes hearts and draws people unto himself. And, and we're simply the tools that he uses at times to, to do that. And as you mentioned, we've seen beautiful testimonies and, and witnessed people who have come all the way. Often we're planting seeds and putting pebbles in shoes and whatever other metaphor you want to use for, for getting somebody to start thinking about the abortion issue. And that's what needs to happen. For so long, the abortion issue has been this um, cultural faux pas of, of just um, absolutely not socially acceptable at all. We just need more people to start having the conversation because when people think about abortion, they very often come to reject abortion, regardless of whether you have all of the apologetics um, that you feel that you need, regardless of whether you read the latest apologetics book or, or latest talk from somebody like Stephanie Gray Connors or Scott Klusendorf or whomever it may be, um, you can do something. And if you can get somebody thinking about the issue, that's often the first step towards them accepting the pro-life worldview. And so Josie, thank you so, so much for joining today for Humans of the Pro-Life Movement. As I mentioned at the beginning, this is an, ish, an initiative of the Pro-Life Guys podcast. Um, every Tuesday, we pump out episodes that are related to that apologetics component, how to have compelling and compassionate conversations about abortion. You can check out the other episodes of Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, and you can also check in our monthly roundup of important and interesting abortion-related news from around the world, talked about through a pro-life lens on The Pulse. You can find us on all your favorite podcast catchers or on our website at... Um, ProLifeGuys.com. You can find us on YouTube as well, the ProLife Guys Podcast. Thanks again, Josie, and thank you all for tuning in today. I hope that the Lord may bless you wherever you are and at whatever time of day it is in your neck of the woods.